Hello, hello, my beautiful friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. I'm very excited because today is the first time I'm welcoming not one, but two guests onto the show at once, and y'all are in for a treat. One of them is actually a repeat guest, so we're going to get to hear an update of the goodness she's got going on in the world. My guest today is Natalie Kavorik and Tara Vanderdusen, and these two powerhouse women have launched Elevate Ag, which is an online course, a podcast, a summit, all working to serve agriculture producers and rural entrepreneurs by teaching them how to successfully share and monetize their ag stories online. Along with running Elevate, they each have their own online platforms that they use to individually share their farm and ranch stories to advocate for the ag industry. One of them is based in Nebraska and the other is New Mexico, and y'all are in for a treat. So let's dive in. Hello there, beautiful friend. I'm your host, Kaya, a cattle rancher turned accidental life coach after embarking on my own health journey, losing over 100 pounds, but most importantly, rebuilding my relationship with myself. Now I am more on fire than ever to empower others to create a healthy life that they love from the inside out by sharing the tools, tips, and strategies that I've learned and continue to learn along the way. Mindset, health, body image, self-love, entrepreneurship, and more. We're here to chat about climbing the mountains of life all while finding joy in the journey. Welcome to the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. Now let's get climbing. Well, welcome to the show, Natalie and Tara. Hello. Thank you for having us. We're excited to be here. You guys are uh, my first threesome, which I realize sounds totally different than I intended. <laughs> I mean, we're here for it, Kaya. We are we're, here for it. We're, we're good you know, at that. It, it feels special that y'all are my first. So welcome. Such a joy to have you. <laughs> now, I have a feeling that a lot of listeners will already be familiar with both of you, and maybe they've listened to the previous podcast that we did, Natalie. But I'd love for you to you know, tell me a little bit about how each of you got into this space of where we're at now with agriculture advocacy. What did that path look like? Tara, if you want to start us off. Yeah. So, um, you yeah, know, it's first time on the podcast, so I'll kind of start at the beginning. I kind of knew I wanted to advocate when I started sharing online. Like that was my goal was to advocate when I started sharing. And what it looked like for me is I am a dairy farmer, a fifth generation dairy farmer. I dairy farm now with my husband and my two girls. My job though on the dairy, my role in the dairy is a little like unconventional, I guess. Um, not like stereotypical. Like my husband does day-to-day management of the dairy, but I work as an environmental consultant and I have for the last 10 years for dairy farms throughout New Mexico. So our dairy along with other dairies are actually my clients and I help them with permitting, regulation, all of that kind of like jazz. And I six years ago just saw the need to start sharing in the sustainability world about agriculture, specifically dairy. And so that's kind of what I set out to do was be able to connect women, moms. I was a young mom with where their food came from in relation to the impact of dairy and ag on the environment. Unlike Tara, I'm kind of the opposite. When I got online, I really had no intention of advocating in the way I did. I really wanted to share more the ranch wife, ranch mom perspective. You know, advocating can seem really daunting. And and to me, in the beginning, it did. It felt overwhelming and large and like something my voice couldn't tackle. And I definitely got into it much more organically. So if anyone's listening, kind of feels like they want to use their voice for it, but is a little bit overwhelmed with it, just dab your toes in it. I think you'll find your way. Ooh, I love that. So it sounds like both of you kind of came at it a little bit differently. And I guess at the beginning, did either of you start advocating and sharing with the intention of it turning into a full-time business like it is now? 
Oh my gosh, absolutely not. <laughs> no, I think you had if you had said that, you'd been like, you could make money from advocating. That seems like a foreign concept. And I actually think there's a lot of listeners and people in agriculture that still kind of feel that way. Like, what do you mean you can make money from sharing, you know, about something we're passionate and enjoy doing and you know what we do every single day? Neither of us, I would say, intentionally did that. And and thank goodness uh, we stumbled our way into it. I love that. You know, it sounds like at the beginning, your intention with this storytelling was maybe maybe different than it is now, maybe similar to what it is now. My question for you is, right now in this season, what does what does your biggest why look like for the work that you each are doing? Well, our whys are the same but have shifted or pivoted. We both share individually on our own platforms, but now we are sharing in relation to Elevate Ag together. And that has become a huge focus for both of us and our platforms. And so I feel like our why, and I think we're pretty aligned, but I'll let Natalie answer after me, is really to bring agriculture, the stories of the farmers, the stories of the ranchers, the producers to mainstream America. And in a very mainstream way, we want to just be able to highlight agriculture. And at the same time, we want to be able to serve, continue serving rural entrepreneurs so that they can share their stories and also reach more mainstream America, get their stories out there. So it's kind of twofold. Like we would love to be able to reach mainstream America, quote unquote, I can't think of a better word for it right now. And we want to help other farmers, ranchers, producers do that while making money online. I love that. You know, I think that when it comes to advocacy in agriculture. I feel like we hear so many different buzzwords. And even thinking about my own journey as an advocate, I kind of started, I mean, I guess I started just on my personal social media and then working for the beef checkoff in Kentucky, it was kind of like my my nine to five job was advocacy. And I feel like I've learned so much over the years from different individuals or from conferences and whatnot about how to advocate. And you hear different buzzwords. And I feel like one of the ones that you know, I heard a lot, especially when I first started, was this this line of how we need to quote unquote educate consumers. And my question for you guys is what is your, I guess, personal perspective on that or or what avenue or strategy have you found to be most effective when sharing about agriculture? Yeah. I feel like that's kind of a hot topic because you'll have people who will say educate and you'll have people who say we should never say educate. Um, I think I fall on the line or what I like to share is that, you know, we don't know what we don't know. And that goes for anyone. So people who are outside of the industry don't know about you know, anything within the industry. And that's not to their own fault. I don't know anything about, you know, being an oncology doctor. And I don't know anything about, you know, working, I don't know, in lumber or construction. And so I think as producers, if we assume or put responsibility on people outside the industry that they, um, it's up to them to understand, or it's up to them, or it's their fault that they don't, I think that's wrong on us as an industry. And so I personally don't use the word educate because I feel like it's more just sharing about what we do. Again, it's not their fault. They don't know. It's our job to share with them. And that's what I found to be most effective, honestly, is just being very relatable, being very open, just being a source that they can go to to relate to and understand more about production agriculture. I feel like a lot of people have a misnomer about what you know, the person who's raising their food looks like. And I think a lot of times people are surprised when they stumble upon an Instagram page and see who it is. And lots of times that's all it takes for that connection point is to realize they have other things in common with us. You know, we work out like they do. We take trips like they do. We do all sorts of things like they do. And so I think finding those gaps and just being yourself is what I've really found to be like the best way to share online. 
So I like to think about it as more of a conversation. I love the word conversation. It's not educating. It's not talking at them. It is having a conversation where they get a response and that their opinions are validated and where we get to just talk about things. That's kind of how I like to approach it versus the education word. And I do talk about this a lot in my like keynote speech actually is I am not a big fan of the word educate. I just think that our consumers are very educated, very like tech savvy people. It's more about having a conversation with them and having them have a better understanding of who we are as people and why we grow the food that we grow and how we grow it. I also will say that you started your question kind of with how, you know, farmers, ranchers, we always get told at these conferences, like, go tell your story. And that is literally the basis for Elevate, the online course, was that we always get told that. And then it's like, go fend for yourself and figure it out. And we were like, we need a course that actually walks you through what that looks like, how you can do it, and having these conversations about like, you know, how do you educate or have a conversation without feeling like you're like preaching at people either. And so those are kind of a lot of the topics that we cover in the course. Mm. I couldn't agree more with both of you. You know, I feel like the word educate, it almost sounds um, degrading a little bit. Like if if someone walked up to you and was like, let me educate you, I feel like immediately like walls go up because basically you're saying that they're uneducated. And so I love this perspective of connecting on the human level, like people connect with people at the end of the day. And I think that it's so powerful that you guys are, are taking that and putting it into a way that other producers can understand and really replicate that. You know, I think in many successful businesses. I think a lot of them were inspired by someone or an entrepreneur that has overcome their own struggle or kind of learned for themselves something. And then is now sharing that with others and really saying, hey, this is what worked for me. Here's how you can do it yourself too. And I really see how you guys are taking that and running with it in such a powerful way with Elevate the Course and really taking those lessons learned and, and sharing those out with other producers. Do you have a side hustle or business that you're ready to take to the next level? In my opinion, one of the most valuable assets as a business of any size, whether you're just starting out or have been hammering on for years, is a website. Whether it's a simple landing page with just the basics or a full-fledged site with a blog and store, having a place where people can search and discover you online makes your business immediately look more credible. If it's the fear of having to fork over thousands of dollars to a professional to build one for you that's holding you back, I have a little secret for you. You can build your own website today without any knowledge of coding or fancy schmancy tech skills using Squarespace. Trust me, if I can do it, so can you. Not only did I build my own Coach Kaya website, but I also built my family's Twistleman Ranch website, the Backroad Cowgirls Digital Series website, and countless more using Squarespace's simple, easy-to-use templates that made it a breeze to get a website launched and ready to welcome new customers. Time to take that business of yours to new levels. Click the link in the show notes to start your free trial with Squarespace today. One of my questions for you is um, with agriculture and sharing our stories, and I know both of you, I mean, Tara, obviously you're professionally on on the environmental side, and I know Natalie, you talk a lot about sustainability as well. Agriculture gets a bad rap for lots of different reasons, and I feel like lately the environmental sustainability piece has been the biggest thing, in my opinion, that seems to be attacking agriculture. How do you guys navigate pushback from that? Because I know that the more you share, the more people you connect with, but I know that the more you share, the more haters you get or people that are against your message as well. I know in the world of you know sustainability and agriculture, I feel like there is a lot of people out there who 
for a long time, I felt like if we just like stick our heads in the sand, like this will like blow over or you know what I mean? Like it'll pass. And then it's like a buzzword. And it, I mean, it is a buzzword. Sustainability is a buzzword, but it's not going anywhere. This conversation isn't going anywhere. And so I feel like while sharing online, you do get pushback and you get, you know, the negative comments. I just don't think we have a choice at this point anymore to just sit by and like, let the conversations continue without us having a voice in it and us being a part of that conversation. So for me, I feel like it's well worth like taking some of the negativity with all of the positives that come with it. Like Mm. the negatives are there, but there's just so much more positive that comes of these conversations. Um, And so kind of keeping that in mind and keeping that perspective. And I will say, Kai, I'm glad you asked this because I do think there's a lot of people who want to share online and are very fearful of what that looks like, like the repercussions of it. Um, And I always like to say that I have an overwhelmingly really positive experience. I do think it maybe depends on what industry you're sharing about. Um, I know Tara would say that like dairy has a little bit harder than, you know, maybe I do when I'm sharing, you know, my cows out of a beautiful pasture in the, you know, Nebraska rolling hills. But if someone's listening who feels like they do have a voice and does have something they want to share, but is fearful of what that looks like, know that you know, it's not all negative. It's not as, I mean, I think it's important. We have conversations about like maybe the mental toll sometimes, you know, advocating can take so that people don't go into it blind. But I also don't like when, I mean, I feel like I get asked this all the time and I feel like there's this narrative out there that it's like, it's hard to do. It's scary to do. It's negative. You're going to get yelled at. You're going to have activists after you. And that's just not been my personal experience. And I would say a lot of people sharing online would say the same thing. Like the positives greatly outweigh the negatives for me. They're almost like negligent anymore. I barely notice those, those comments and maybe I've been worn down a little bit, but I just, I just don't want anyone to not share because they're afraid. I love that nugget of wisdom. And I think I think when you think about it, you know, as you guys are talking, the truth is, is that the internet, you're going to get backlash no matter what you stand for, no matter what you say. You know, like I've posted stuff about self-love before and you can get negative backlash whether you talk about body, body acceptance or self-love or agriculture or whatever it is that you're advocating for. I think just remembering that not everybody is going to agree with you on everything and that doesn't mean that you shouldn't share or have an opinion on something. I've I've had similar experiences. They've been overwhelmingly positive. I think um for me it is about you know, our brain has this tendency to focus on the negative and ignore the positive even if we get 200 positive messages, all it takes is one negative message to kind of let people spiral if we aren't managing our mind and really focusing on what's true. And I know that you guys have been doing this for years. And so I I would assume that you guys have maybe built up some mental resilience, whether it comes to advocating online or just in general in our life when we get negative feedback. I'm curious for you all, do you have any, I guess, words of wisdom or words of encouragement for someone if they find themselves getting caught up in the one negative comment? Yeah, we actually talk about this in our online course. We have a whole advocacy section and we do go into like a lot of the nuance and nitty gritty details of things you can, you know, words you can block and like a lot of really strategic things you can do. I would say as an overarching um, answer, both Tar and I really believe in setting boundaries though. And that Mm -hmm. is what we would preach for someone who wants to advocate online. Like you said, about anything really, like just set boundaries for yourself and that's going to look different for everyone. Tara has different boundaries than I have. I have pretty strong boundaries that I don't partake in conversations in my comment section. I just haven't from day one. It's how I've shielded um, myself and my mental health and and how I've kept kind of the outside world from affecting me and my family. But I think it it comes down to um, boundaries that you set for yourself. And I think that one of the things I would add is that that can change. Like the boundaries that I set for myself at the beginning were very block and delete, block and delete. And I, I 
dairy farmers do seem to get hit harder, not to say that others don't, but it seems to be overarching. Like dairy farmers will experience more negativity. Um, So block and delete was like my best friend. And now I feel very differently. I am just more comfortable online. I'm willing to hit a little harder back. I'm willing to engage in a little more conversation. So just because you set boundaries at one point doesn't mean you don't get like better at it or more comfortable. You get a little thicker skin and you feel more comfortable addressing it. And so that would be my thing too is set boundaries, but also like reevaluate and say, okay, am I still at that same place I was at the beginning? And, you know, check in with yourself. Mm, Yes, I love that. You know, on this podcast, I would say that I have quite a few listeners that are from rural America that are involved in agriculture, but I have a lot of listeners that are not, that are from, you know, big cities, I guess, mainstream America, like you said, Tara. (laughs) If you could snap your fingers and make every person in the world understand something about agriculture, what would it be? I'll say that I feel like it's not one thing I wish they knew. I think it's that I wish they would find a farmer to connect with. Like Mm -hmm. if you have questions, if you have concerns or you just are curious, like not even concerns, you're just curious about where your food comes from. There are so many ways now to connect with farmers online, in person. Like I just think more now more than ever, farmers are trying to reach out, trying to be transparent, trying to be available for these great conversations. So that would be my thing is like find a farmer, connect with them, ask them your questions. Find us. Come connect with us. Connect with us. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, shout out to all the mainstream people. We want you to be our friends. Come please be our friends. <laughs> I actually would agree with Tara in the sense that I don't want to tell all of you guys something. If I could snap my fingers, what I would do is I would transport you to my ranch. I would actually transport you to a very specific place on my ranch. I would bring you out to summer pasture and I would have you on four-wheeler with us. I'd have you in the ranger with us. I'd have you on horseback. Whatever your choice of transportation is I would put you there and I would um, have you guys move cattle with us or I would have you guys you know put out some mineral with us or do some sort of chore with us and just I actually it's funny because when you asked this question Kaya it put me back into the place of a post I actually did and it feels like forever ago but I can so vividly remember this post I put on my Instagram page Um, and it was a picture of our summer pasture and it said that if I could just get everyone in the world to experience this moment with me I think that there would not be such of a gap between people at the putting food on the plate and people at the end consuming the plate. I just felt like if I could get everyone in that moment, we would all, I don't know, be the best of friends that I want us to. Not that we aren't. I just feel like any, you know, any questions would be gone, any misunderstandings, any, I just felt like it would be harmonious in that moment. And um, I feel like that's what my answer for this question is, is like, I would just put you in that Instagram post. Mm. Man, if only. It's 2022. Why is teleportation not a thing yet? I'm like waiting on it. My goodness. Yeah, who's working on that? Get busy. Someone it's, better be. Gosh. It's like Harry Potter. I'm still waiting on like my owl to deliver my wand. I don't um, know if yes. anyone else is, <laughs> but I'm waiting for my letter to Hogwarts uh, and I am 35 years old. So <laughs> never give up hope, Natalie. Never I give know. up hope. What I think is so cool though, hearing you guys say that is that while we cannot physically transport everyone, this is literally what you guys do every single day and what you're empowering other producers of all kinds to do every single day too. While we can't bring you to the ranch, I'm checking cows every day with Natalie and her Instagram stories, checking like her son Rue's hair blowing in the wind and <laughs> going for, for bike rides down the center aisle of the dairy with Tara. Like This is exactly what you guys are doing and empowering other producers to do. And I think while social media can get a bad rap for lots of different reasons. I think it's such a powerful tool and point of connection. And 
it makes me just really excited and hopeful about the future and the future of agriculture thanks to this just this incredible avenue of storytelling. And I think having such incredible women like you as leaders in our industry to really empower the individuals to share their story in a new way. I mean, I I will say that I'm in agriculture, so I'm sure I probably get served different people than maybe the average person does. But I see new ag accounts all the time on social media, and I am blown away by just the beautiful storytelling that's happening. And um, I guess just to echo what you guys said, if, if someone is listening and wants to connect with a farmer, you know, obviously Tara and Natalie is a really great place to start, but I have a feeling that no matter what state you're in or what region you're in, I bet you there's a farmer in your area that probably even has an online presence, even if you can't go to their place specifically. So thank you all for sharing that so much. Y'all, I love my smartwatch. Not only does it help me get where I need to be on time, usually, but it also helps me be more mindful and aware of my physical activity, sleep quality, heart rate, and so much more. The hardest part though, having it match my outfits and feel as glamorous as I'd like to, but not anymore. Thanks to Sparkle Bands, I have a variety of adorable, chic, and upcycled quality leather watch bands perfect for every outfit. From my cowhide bands to the tooled leather Kaya's Confidence Band with turquoise gemstones that I designed alongside the team. Now my smartwatch feels just as fashionable as I do. This women-owned company is located just down the street from me in my hometown, and I can attest they take their quality and their customers to heart. Check out their variety of high fashion watch bands and more at sparklebands.com. That's S-P-A-R-K-L-B-A-N-D-S.com. And use code KAYA10 to receive 10% off at checkout. Happy shopping. You know, both of you, separate from Elevate, which is what we're talking a lot about today, you've both built really incredible businesses and platforms individually, as well as alongside your families on the farm and ranch. What made you decide to take this leap and this pivot into the business partnership with one another in Elevate? Yeah. So we're actually like almost exactly one year in from like the inception of Elevate Ag. And <laughs> I think you mean conception. <laughs> what did I say? Inception. inception. That's wrong. That's wrong. Conception. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Oh, that's what I meant. Um, Anyway, back to the point of the story is we're, I mean, this is very new for us and we both just felt a really strong, like we, I think we were both getting a lot of similar questions online of people being like, okay, I want to do this. I see you guys doing this. I'm getting told by our, you know, different agencies or different conferences that we need to do this, but what does it look like? And that was really the inception of Elevate Ag. I said it again. Now that I said it once, I'm going to say it wrong. Um, I'll let Natalie take it from there. Oh, well, I have a very different answer. I feel like I'm going to go woo-woo on you for a second. So buckle up. I I know. Um, Kaya, have you actually done any like human design? Um, Funny you should ask. I'm going to a business retreat next week and we're doing human design. Okay. Natalie's obsessed. I am. I've recently like dabbled my toes in it. It's become like a full-on cannonball. Um, My husband looks like, okay, Natalie, I can get on all board with a lot of the things you're doing, but this human design thing is a lot. But I learned about myself in this human design that I have ideas and then I love to act on them and sometimes they change. You know, what I was maybe doing six months ago looks completely different than what I'm doing now and that's okay. That's just the way that my human design works. And I feel like Elevate was that for me. Like I feel like it had always maybe been a part of what I was doing. Like you kind of pointed out that, you know, we've been sharing and 
Tara said, we've been getting questions and I feel like it was like percolating in the background. And then one day Tara and I, Tara had actually been laying the, you know, the foundation for Elevate long before I got involved. Um, and I'd been kind of helping her just from the outside, you know, she was leaning on me, asking questions. Um, and then one day, this whole different story, but some circumstances happened where the way the Elevate Ag was going to be originally laid out didn't. And she's like, do you want to just kind of do this together? And I felt like for me, it was like this, it was clicked. It was destined. It was like that idea where I was like, I was looking for the next thing that felt right for me to jump all in on. And it it was Elevate. So kind of like you said, I, I feel like Tar and I had been working hard to build things individually. And then we went in all on together, but I, I would never... I wouldn't change anything differently. I feel like everything I've done has been, I don't know, just um, the right timing for me and Elevate came along at the right time too. Yeah. And Elevate has grown and changed into something even more than what Natalie and I a year ago is kind of what I was going to say could even, we could not a year ago have imagined where we're at now. And it is just turning into something like so beautiful and so much bigger than what it started out as. And I'm just beyond excited to see where it takes us. And so kind of back to Natalie's like human design, I have not researched myself as much as her, but I do feel like it, as you get more and more aligned in what you're doing, you just keep like seeing like new opportunities and new things that you're able to like that align with what you want to do. And so I feel like Natalie and I have both are really strong believers in like leaning into our gut and listening to what like our intuition is telling us. And that has just, you know, evolved into what Elevate Ag is now today. So cool. I think it's interesting looking back at how things kind of piece together and happen like, you know, they quote unquote are supposed to or how they feel like they're supposed to, even though we didn't anticipate it coming. During this kind of pivot point, um, because Tara, when you started advocating, you were the New Mexico milkmaid. And Natalie, your advocacy has changed from like the ranch wives to Natalie Kavork to now to, to Elevate Ag. And, you know, outside looking in, I feel like you guys have built these like really powerful, successful brands. And so I'm curious, how have you navigated, and maybe it's, you know, tuning into your own intuition, your own gut, but how have you navigated the process of letting things go that have seemed to be working in order to make space for this new pursuit that you maybe didn't even know was going to be a thing a year ago? Yeah, it's not easy for anyone listening. Um, pivoting. Uh, starting something new, letting go of old things, whether good or bad. Like you said, um, sometimes all the things that we kind of prune from ourselves isn't necessarily things that weren't working. Like it's easy to, you know, stop doing something that isn't, but sometimes in order to create space for new things, we have to let go of things that were serving us and it's not easy. And I think Tara and I would both say the same thing that it hasn't been easy, but it's felt right. And it's, it, it's been the, it, it's like confusing to say that like, it wasn't the easy choice, but it was the easy choice. But yeah, pivoting is hard. I guess that's just my, whether, you know, we're getting down to the microscopic level of speaking specifically to what we've built to, to joining to do Elevate Ag or for someone listening who's, you know, making a change at their job or making a, you know, their kids are going to different school or like whatever that change. I mean, change and pivoting is so hard. But going back to like leaning into what Tara had just said, kind of leaning into our gut and our intuition, I feel like when you're doing that you always feel most aligned. And so whilst it wasn't easy to step away from some of the personal things that both Tara and I had going on, it always felt like the right thing to do to lean more and to elevate in what we're building together. I feel like this is a very timely one for me because uh, I recently was with you all at Natalie's Rural Rooted Retreat, and I basically forced you guys to help mastermind in the evenings at the pool <laughs> with me because I feel like I've been in this like weird funk where I think I have so I, I just have so many things going on and I realize I'm at a point where 
I can't do all of the things. And if I try doing all the things, then I'm not really doing any of them well. And I've been really thinking a lot about this concept lately of saying no is actually saying yes to something else. Or even if you're not saying no, maybe you're saying just not right now. And I feel like it's so easy, me speaking personally, I feel like I get really attached to things. And I feel like I'm letting someone down or something down, even if it's something that I created because I'm like letting it fade away. But I think for me, it's also realizing that maybe different seasons of my business were meant to serve me that way just in a season. And there's something that I can take from that as I pivot into something else. But gosh, I am with you guys in that messy part where it's not easy for sure. I love the concept of seasons for life. I feel like sometimes we get so melded into what we're doing has to be, you know, the sole way or the only way or a very long season, you know, like when winter won't go away. (laughs) Um, But I think when you start looking at your life that it is seasons and there are things that have served you and just because they served you and you step away from them doesn't mean that you regret them or it doesn't mean they weren't worth it or you wouldn't do it differently but yeah, I feel like life is seasons. And when you start looking at it that way, it gets a little bit easier to kind of navigate those different seasons. I feel like sometimes too, it's also interesting when you look back on something and be like, wow, that led like led up to this or mm. like something that seems so unrelated that you've done. And you're like, oh, that now I see what that purpose served. And I feel like I've seen that a lot lately with things that we've been working on. Like I had done something in the past and I was like, I don't, I don't understand where this is going to like fit in a bit the big scheme of things. And now I'm like, oh, it makes perfect sense. And so I feel like it's, you know, it's a journey. And so you have to like remember that it's not just like, you don't just like arrive at a destination. You take that journey and the journey continues on. Um, And so I do think that like we, I don't know, we just have to like check in with ourselves, like Natalie said, and kind of see where we're at and then um, continue growing and changing. Yeah. You know, this podcast is called Climbing because I think, and it just ties in so well with what we're talking about here, you know, the journey and the climb that we're navigating. And there's something, Tara, that you said to me at Natalie's Real Rooted Retreat when we were together. Because, you know, I love this, obviously, I love this analogy of the the mountain and climbing and finding ways to enjoy the journey. But you had said something to me as I'm trying to figure out, I'm like, I need to do less. I need to cut things out or I don't know where I'm at. I don't feel aligned anymore. And you said to me, you're like, Kaya, maybe it's time to reconnect with the top of the mountain to make sure you're climbing the right one. And it was like, oh, like maybe I need to re rethink about the vision and where I'm going. And I think giving ourselves permission to, even if we've been on a journey, like we can stop and check in with ourselves again to be like, okay, is this still the right path? Because I think so many of us, even if it's like, you know, I went to school and I got this degree, so I need to stay in this career that uses this degree. We feel like we started this path. We have to continue this path when really it might not even be the right path for us to continue going down. And the more that we do that because we just feel obligated to it because we've spent time in it, I think is only more wasted time doing something that maybe wasn't actually meant for ourselves. For you guys, you know, you've mentioned a couple of times this checking in with yourself. I know that, you know, in theory, I love what that means. And I think maybe it looks differently for all of us. I guess my question is, concretely or in in reality, what does checking in with yourself look like for you? Is it journaling? Is it talking with a friend? Is it going for a walk? How do you guys check in with yourself to tune back in to ask yourself, am I where I'm supposed to be? Is this the path that I'm supposed to be on right now? I think it's a skill that I have um, honed in and crafted through the years as, you know, since sharing online. Because as you just mentioned, you know, having a degree, I was actually in pharmacy for, well, 
up until last year, I still worked as a part-time pharmacist. So for a long time, my, that was my job. It wasn't sharing online. It was going to work, you know, clocking in, clocking out. I didn't have to, you know, make these changes and pivots. My job was, you know, very, um, I don't want to say stagnant, but just the same thing over and over again. And so stepping into entrepreneurship, which is what, you know, I talked with you about on my, the first time I was on this podcast was entrepreneurship. I feel like I, I had to learn that really early on and I had to learn it really quickly because I kind of the same as you, Kaya, where like lots of things excite me. Lots of things are interesting to me. I feel like I could dabble my toes in a lot of things. And so I had to hone that skill. And I think instead of, I guess my answer is the opposite answer to your question, because I, I feel like I learned this skill by recognizing what didn't feel right with me and what didn't you know feel aligned or like it's easier for me to recognize when I'm out of alignment and doing something that doesn't feel good than be like oh I'm on the right path and so I think I really learned to listen to I'm a big believer in gut instinct I um, actually that's back to my human design um, <laughs> <laughs> I I that's how I make decisions that's how I really approach life is through immediate gut instincts and um, not shutting them off or trying to explain or like dive into it and so I think I just learned really early on to like listen to my gut, trust it, not question it. Um, and when it's telling me like, this doesn't feel right, being brave enough to step away from it. Yeah. And for me, I went through an exercise in April, actually, at a mastermind that Natalie and I intended. And it was like, what is one like word you want? And I wanted focus. And so then it was, what do you need to take with you? What are you letting go of? Like just working through and just like literally writing it out for me was really helpful. Like, what can I get rid of? What does not feel like what is not going to get me to focus? And it kind of goes what to you were saying. Like, I feel like for a long time, I was such a yes girl. Like I was just like, yes, yes. I never know what opportunity is going to lead to what next. Yes to everything. And now to like get focused, I realized in that moment, like I had to be a no girl. Like I had to be like, no, that is not. And like, so part of like me pivoting has been like stepping away from certain parts of my personal business, obviously to pursue Elevate. And realizing that like, while that was hard, it just didn't, it, it didn't align with me. And so just being a no person, like I wasn't offending anyone. It wasn't going to hurt anyone's feelings. I wasn't like taking a step back in my business by saying no. It was, I was saying no to take a step forward in, into a new arena. Um, and so like just, just literally writing it down for me was really helpful. Like yes to this, no to this. Yeah. I'm working on being more of a no girl myself because I definitely struggle with saying yes way too quickly. <laughs> and uh, it gets me it gets me stuck sometimes. I also find so much value in writing things down and journaling. I talk a lot about it on the podcast, but I think for me too, talking out loud is really helpful. I mean, I feel like I had so many like aha moments just spending time with you all at the retreat. And I think that's what's so powerful too about like the summits that you are putting together is having someone else listen to you and be a mirror back to you because I I can have all these things jum jumbled and when I'm talking about them out loud, someone will say, well, what I'm hearing is this. And I'm like, oh, that is kind of what I said, huh? And I think there's so much power in, in really talking through it with someone or with a group that can kind of bring to light some of the things. Someone I, I heard on a podcast this morning, they said, you can't see the picture if you're the one in the frame. And if you have someone to talk to, they're able to illuminate different aspects of yourself, which I think is is so stinking powerful. Okay, shifting from human design because I need to dive into it more before we can get deep on that, Natalie. But I know that you both have also been involved or interested in the Enneagram. And I know that both of you also happen to be Enneagram threes like me. I recently started reading the book, The Gap and the Gain. Have you guys read this yet? No. Okay, well, I might be bringing it to you for a future um, uh, book club. 
because I think it would be, I think it's really powerful for achievers, um, especially those that are Enneagram threes. I'm feeling very called out and I'm on chapter two. Um, <laughs> but in in the book, um, it basically is talking about how um, achievers are really good at looking between the gap of where we're at and where we're going. You know, I think that I'm speaking for both of you all here. I hope this is correct, but I would say that both of you guys are really big dreamers and visionaries. And I think a lot of times achievers are looking at the gap between where they're at and where they're like the dreams they're trying to achieve. And we maybe aren't always as good at looking at the gain between where we're at and where we came from. I know that is so true for myself. And, um, you know, the dream is always a moving target because once I achieve something, I already have something else that I'm reaching for. So I'm curious, knowing that both of you guys are achievers and Enneagram threes, how do you separate your worth from your work? And how do you stay in alignment with your truest self being an achiever? It's funny you say this because back in July, well, it's not funny you say this, but um, back in July, Luke, my oldest son, Tad, and I actually went down to visit Tara at her lake house. And we spent, it was the first time Tara and I, not the first time, but very few times, I guess, handful of times that Tara and I get together where we don't work. Um, again, probably going back to type three. Um, so it was really fun to just, you know, hang out, be on the lake, boat and stuff. But of course, being type threes, we still we're like having these conversations about what we wanted to do and these dreams and all these things. And when we came back and we were in Nebraska, Luke's like, Natalie, I am so terrified. You're never going to stop. He's like, you're never going to stop. It'll just be like one thing and the next thing and the next thing. And so I have had to do it again, stepping into entrepreneurship versus like, I don't want to say like my old life, but like just being a pharmacist was so different for me. Um, and being an entrepreneurship now at it goes back to almost like when I talked about boundaries with advocating, I've really had to set pretty strong boundaries with myself of what I will do in a day. One thing, and this is a little off topic, but one thing I've done that has really helped me for any type threes out there, I pick three things I want to get done for the day. I mean, they don't have to be big, just three things that have been eating at me or have been on my brain, or maybe it is something bigger I want to do. And if I get those done, then my day has been a success for me um, because you're kind of talking like big picture worth. And I don't have as much big picture worth as I do like day to day worth of like, how much did I get done in 24 hours and setting that boundary of like, okay, these are the three things I got done. And if it was pack my son a lunch, mop the floors and, you know, move cows, then my day was a success, like no matter what that was. And that has honestly as silly as it sounds, and maybe other type threes won't think it's silly, but that has been like life-changing for me and recognizing, like separating, like you said, like your worth and your value from your work and what you do. So Natalie started talking about her husband. So I'll start there too. I have found that knowing our Enneagrams together is so helpful in all relationships, but especially obviously the person that you're married to. Because I remember so many times Daniel being like, like we'd be having conversations about the future and like what I, what we wanted to do next. And Dan would be like, you are never satisfied. Like I remember, and I was like, that's not how I view it at all. It's, I feel completely satisfied. I love our life. I love what we're working on. I'm just want to know what we're working on next. Like I just viewed it so differently than he did. So just, I feel like understanding threes can really like knowing who you are as a three can really help you not be like constantly, like you said, that moving target, that moving goal of celebrating your win. So I know I do try now to take pause when we hit a goal and like, whether that be for Elevate or just like in my personal life or win whatever and say like, wow, I can't believe we did this. Like a big one for me was when my husband and I finished like our lake house flip project where we renovated it. We're ultimately going to flip it. When the renovation was done, like early this summer, I was like sitting on the back porch and I was like, we did this. And I have all summer tried to just be in that place of like, we did this. We finished this house. We get to enjoy it but for a couple months before we put it on the market. 
and like just take pause because I think that's as a three, we never take pause. It's always on to the next. And so just taking that moment to take a breath, I feel like is for me has been really big of, and whether that's a big win or a small win, taking a breath, taking a moment before putting that new goal out there, before deciding on something else that we have to achieve has been really helpful. Such good insights. I also have started Natalie doing the three things for the day because I can get caught up in that too. And you guys were talking about your husbands. My husband had a similar conversation with me one day when we were out for a walk. I was talking to him about like our future and when we're going to buy our house and, and all these like big grand things for the future. And he said, babe, remember when you were in Kentucky and you were so homesick and all you wanted was to move back home to Slow County? And I was like, yeah. He's like, honey, we're here. Be here. And it just like hit me so hard that sometimes I can get so caught up in the future that I forget to also be present at the same time. And I think something that I'm working on right now, knowing myself is making space for both, for being super present and grateful and appreciative and like sitting in the the gains without letting the gap between where I'm dreaming um, drown out the goodness that exists here in this moment. Um, So thank you guys for sharing that insight. You know, we've been talking a lot about Elevate, um, and Elevate is has really turned into this very multifaceted thing. So I would love to hear about what is Elevate, um, what are the multiple facets of it, who is it for, how can people find more information about it? Yeah, so Elevate right now, Elevate Ag has three main parts that I like to think about. It has the online course, it has the podcast, and it has the summit. So the course is an online course. We're going to be launching again on October 10th and uh, enrollment will be open for one week. So this is really for farmers, ranchers, producers who want to advocate online, share online, tell their story and make money doing it. So a big thing for Natalie and I is like, we believe like our time is valuable. You should be paid and paid well for your time that you give up to do whatever it is in your business that you do. So really how to monetize that. And we dive into everything from finding your why to picking a platform to growing on social media. Um, We have a lot of great guest interviews. It's amazing. It's chucked full. Sorry, I'm like probably rambling, but it's so many good things. And then our podcast is actually I'll let Natalie share about the podcast. Yeah, I want to do the podcast last. Uh, the second offering is actually the summit, which you mentioned, which is kind of an extended arm from the online course, but it's an in-person version. And while I say it's an extended arm, it's completely different, but it's in the same manner that we're serving people in their business. But we found when we were doing the online course that it was almost like we needed a next level. We needed to be able to really spend one-on-one with people. We really needed to like deep dive personal business, personal strategy, personal questions. And that's what the summit's for. So it's a very small group mastermind. Um, that's meant to really like help business owners, you know, take their business to the next level. And then the podcast is really a place where we, gosh, we do a lot on our podcast. <laughs> um, we, it, I guess there's, the podcast is part an extension of our online course where we're offering information for people who want to monetize and share online. Um, but another part of our podcast, our Thursday conversations, um, are really candid ones between Tara and I, where we sit down and we talk about things that are going on in the agriculture industry, whether, um, and they're meant to serve people, whether you're in the industry or outside of it. It's really just kind of sharing the news of it, um, talking about agriculture in a way that, again, hopefully hits mainstream um, America. We do a lot of trending things, you know, things that are like hot in the news. Um, and there, those are kind of some of my, actually my favorite episodes is when Tara and I just kind of sit down and spitball um, and have fun, you know, sharing about agriculture. The podcast has quickly become a very favorite place for both of us, especially the candid conversations where we talk about industry news. 
Um, I remember the day that Natalie was like, I've been having a crazy idea. And I was like, me too. We were both like, we should just say it. We should just say it out loud. And it was, we should start a podcast. Um, and so it has been a place we really love. And it's a great place to come and get to know us and find out more about like what our offerings are because we talk about them and and just deep dive um, all things Elevate. I will say too that if anybody is thinking about joining the course, again, enrollment opens October 10th. Mm-hmm. Yes. October 10th. I will say that if you are just curious to get to know more um, from Tara and Natalie and you're thinking about taking that course, I think the podcast is just a great place to start too. They share so many incredible nuggets of wisdom. It's absolutely free. The conversations are so, so valuable and you can just get a vibe for these two wonderful ladies as well. I mean, you've already met them here, but I think you're going to want some more of them as well. I think in line, the way I would like, the last question I'd like to ask, I guess second to last question, that kind of goes along with our three-ness is, will you share with me something that you're currently sitting in appreciation for, something you're currently really proud of, and one thing you're looking forward to? I feel incredibly proud right now of our podcast. Unbelievably, it was it's just something that every time we record, I like fall more and more in love with podcasting and we listen and the conversations we have. We're still like finding our footing and exactly how we want to share. As Natalie said, we kind of cover a lot of things right now. We're kind of trying to, again, narrow it down, get focus, get clarity on what exactly we want to share about. But I am just so incredibly proud of us for taking that leap of faith. It was literally like, it was a Sunday night. We were like, yep, we're going to do it. We're going to do a podcast. And Friday morning, we were sitting in a recording studio together, recording nine episodes in two days. And so I'm just very proud of us for that and that leap of faith we took. Yeah, I think I'll build off how Tara just ended it, which was a leap of faith. And so I think looking back, mine's more of like a big picture. And I think I'm just really proud. Um, And I'm glad you asked this question because it's been nice to kind of like sit here and and make me think about it and look back. But I think I'm just really proud of how Tara and I have come together. As you mentioned, we were doing a lot of things individually and we actually talked about this in the middle, but that was like surrounding yourself with like-minded people. And it's, it's really powerful when you can do that no matter what your industry is or what you're doing. So for anyone listening, I would highly recommend trying to surround yourself. And if you can't get in person, just listen to podcasts, read books, you know, surround yourself with a like-minded thought any way you can. But when I came together with Tara, I feel like I was really fulfilled in a a very unique way. And so looking back, I'm just really proud of us for like what we've built together. And I think uh, I can answer for both of us when I say that what we're both looking forward to is um, launching a docuseries that we're going to start filming in September in just a couple of uh, weeks. So I know that's been, we've been itching to do that for a while. So it'll be excited to kind of dip our toes into yet another new thing for Elevate. Yes. And it will be Discover Ag. So stay tuned for all things Discover Ag. Oh my goodness. I am so excited. I can't wait to see how it comes together. Um, I am just so proud of both of you so much. It's been so cool to kind of see how your guys' entrepreneurship journey has ebbed and flowed and evolved. And I can't wait to see what you guys do. I mean, who knows what a year from now is going to look like. Lord knows we didn't know what it would look like a year ago. Um, And I just feel so grateful to kind of, I guess, um, echoing on what Natalie said to be surrounded by you, both of you. I feel so grateful to be a part of your circle and to be able to share you here with my community. I love the way that you are elevating all of the people in agriculture and really sharing these stories and empowering others to share their stories in such an impactful way. Where can people connect with you outside of this podcast? Where can they find your podcast, connect with you on social, all the things? 
So our podcast is Elevate Ag, and it's available anywhere you download um, or you, anywhere you can listen to podcasts. Uh, we do have an Instagram page and a website that's associated with that. That's Elevate Ag for um, online social media and then ElevateYourAgStory.com for anyone who's in the industry. For anyone who's outside the industry, please still come follow us on the podcast. Like we said, we have a lot of those candid conversations that um, are actually really meant for you know everyone, not just producers. Um, so don't feel like you're isolated from spending time with us. And then we both share individually. I'm at my name, Natalie Kavorik, and Tara's at her name, um, at Tara Vanderdusen. Awesome. Well, thank you ladies so much for being guests on the show. And I hope that you guys will go and connect with them on social and all the places. If you're thinking about making an investment in yourself, if you are a producer and want to gain those tools, I cannot recommend it enough. Um, I think that there is so much power when we invest in ourselves. And I think this would be a beautiful place to start if you're wanting to lean into your advocacy journey. So ladies, thanks again for being here. Thank you listener for tuning in. We'll see you right back here. Same time, same place next week. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please hit subscribe and leave me a review sharing what you loved most. Come hang out with me on Instagram and Facebook to keep the conversation going as we continue to find joy in the journey. Until next time, I am cheering for you, friend. Keep climbing and we'll chat soon.